mentioned that, that particular song, and it's kind of neat to me when you think through things. There's times you'll be going in a car somewhere, or you'll hear it on radio, and there will be a song that has nothing to do with God. But there's a line or a moment in the song, and it fits the walk with God, you're, the point in the walk with God you're at in that very moment where you've been going through. Um, there's one... There, there, there's one that I, I've sat through, and there's been times in my life where I've struggled with God. And I like country music, except for Florida Georgia Line. That's not music. That's a cat being swung in a bag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're on air, right? You know? <laughs> this is not anything I have hid from anybody before. <laughs> I've had somebody ask me to describe how I feel about that band, and I've said, I'd rather get my teeth drilled without anesthetic. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I can't stand it. I'm sorry, anybody who writes a song that says, baby, you're a song that makes me want to roll my windows down, go back to school. That's bad. But um, there's a song that Alan Jackson sings, and while I'm struggling with God, I know I'm supposed to be walking in a certain way, and I know there's parts of my life that I'm not giving to him, and I'm struggling with anger. And the song comes on the radio, and Alan Jackson gets to the part where he goes, Just be patient. I'm a work in progress. And I'm like, There has never been a line in a song that has summed up my walk with God any better than that one line. Just be patient. I'm a work in progress. There's a lot that I need to fix. Example, my feelings towards, or how I pre presented my feelings towards George, Florida Georgia Line. Still don't like them. <laughs> But good morning and welcome. Glad to have you here with us this morning here in person. And for those of you who are watching online, glad to have you watching and joining us online as well. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to get used to the fact that when I look out to see, I can see all you people who are gathered here in person. But to see the people who are watching online, you're very skinny and you look kind of vaguely like a security camera. You're this camera right here. So I apologize for that. But uh, we started, we've just come out of our series called Marching On, looking at the walk towards baptism and following God and why it's important. But sometimes when you're in that walk of trying to find God, there are moments when you get derailed. There's moments where things happen. If you've ever seen in a lot of movies or TV shows, especially for kids, when there's a race, there's always that one guy who's supposed to be the villain, and he changes the street sign so that they go off the wrong road. Or they paint, Wiley Coyote paints the tunnel on the rock and expects the roadrunner to run into the tunnel and get flattened. Instead, the roadrunner goes right through, so he turns around and tries to do it, and he runs into the rock. <laughs> There's always those moments where we seem to be fooled. And being fooled is one thing. But the Bible tells us to not be fooled. Hence the title, Don't Be Fooled, looking at biblical foolery. You know, we can look at the Bible, and it's full of examples of heroes and villains. And if I was to ask somebody here, can you name for me a hero in the Bible, or name for me a villain, you could probably do it. Some of you would probably use the standard answer of Jesus, the devil, those sort of things for a hero and a villain. And you could probably tell me a large aspect, or the core principle, if we were to sum it down in simplest terms, it's bare elements, of their story. What made them a hero? If I was to ask you, can you name for me a king in the Bible? Some of you could name probably a king. Could you name for me a queen? Could you name for me somebody who was just a nobody? 
Well, there's tons of those because there's literally people in the Bible that mentions them as a, as a group, but never gives their name. By definition in writing, that's a nobody. If you don't even get a name, you're a nobody. Sometimes they get called red shirts, as you've seen in Star Trek. The guys who have the red shirts, they always say they die more than everybody else. Wasn't entirely the case. There's a YouTube channel where they actually break it down, but we won't get into that. But the Bible also talks a very large part about fools. Different kinds of fools, too. Not just the, the people who do silly things, but people who think they can fool God. Or people who think they can fool the apostles. Or people who fool themselves in thinking they've understood what God means by his message. Or what God is saying. And that's what we're going to look at, because these examples actually bear with us a fair bit of knowledge for today in our walk with God. They run parallel. And I know somebody is probably sitting here thinking, again, this all goes back to history, and I've said it a lot, but history is one of our greatest teachers. We can look back and we can see, by the way, I take that sentence as a badge of honor, by the way, it all goes back to history. It's one of my favorite quotes anybody's ever used. <laughs> but it gives us a great teaching. If we don't look at what we've learned in the past, we're going to be doomed to repeat it. But the problem is, for us to learn from history, we have to be willing to listen to it. Because sadly, we're repeating a lot of it today. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to take a look at the book of Acts. And there's two stories in the book of Acts, and a lot of times these two stories get tied together, or get confused, or get mashed up, or, or, or twisted together. But the first one we're going to look at, and it's in two little spots, is Acts chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 9 to 13. So Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 13. Then I'm going to skip ahead and I'm going to go to verses 18 and 19. But I'll give you a heads up when we're about to do that. So the book of Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 13. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But, now the people believed Philip's message of God's news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men were baptized and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. Now, skipping to 18 and 19, when Simon, or Simeon, however, saw the, that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. The second spot I want us to go to is Acts chapter 19, verses 13 to 20. I'll just go quickly through this one. A group of Jews were traveling from the town, casting out evil spirits. 
They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Scythia, the leading priests, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was given great honor, or was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and their power and his and with powerful effect. Now many people today believe a very strange lie. And it's one that we can just look at and we accept for the general general group does. And that's people who lived long ago were foolish or nowhere near as intelligent as us today. You'll see this happen a lot. A lot of people will put on their, you know, their armchair his professional historian glasses or whatever, and they'll say, well, the people who lived back then were were not nearly as enlightened or intelligent as we are today in our society. They believed all kinds of strange things. For example, some of them will point to the idea that back in the Dark Ages, everybody who was Christian believed the entire world was flat. Except the Saxons didn't. They actually had monks who literally showed and taught the people the earth was round. But I guess we throw that out of history. They talk about other moments where, you know, people believed in certain objects having mystical powers. These people were incredibly gullible. In fact, we even see examples of this in the Old Testament. We're going to get to that in a second. We even see examples of it in the New Testament. They talked about how people believed that certain places had significance of power. In fact, one monastery even convinced William the Conqueror that their monastery was the place of the death of King Arthur. To the point that you can still travel there today and see the spot where apparently King Arthur was laid to rest. I'm not quite sure that works out as King Arthur is kind of a fictional character. I'm sorry if that, you know, that upset anybody or broke anybody's heart. So they're not much stronger today. <laughs> we'll get to that! You know, even Attila the Hun used it as a powerful weapon against his enemies. He found an old rusty sword and claimed it to be the Sword of Mars, the Roman war god. In Greeks, they would have called, him the, would call it the Sword of Ares. Because he had this object, he had power. People used to believe that you could spend money and get, get into heaven free. Well, if you're spending money, you're not getting into anything free. I hate to break it to you, but it also doesn't work that way. But when we look at this, what we need to understand is this is a series of people not understanding the true power of who God is. They're also not understanding the name of God. 
And I'm going to break this down and I'm going to compare it to today. You'll see that there is a very startling parallel to what they did in these passages here and our world today. First off, we need to look at taking the Lord's name in vain. You know, we read this passage, and that's what they're doing. Now, I grew up with a mom who, if I took the Lord's name in vain, she can tell you this is true, I would get soap in my mouth. I can tell you what dove tastes like. If I said anything wrong or bad, I can tell you what dove tastes like. It's not pleasant. Don't do it. I can also tell you what ivory tastes like and what no-name soap tastes like. I may have said things that I shouldn't have done as a kid, okay? That's in the past. I hope my mom has forgiven me for my indigressions as a child. She's not saying anything, so I'm a little nervous now. But taking the Lord's name in vain isn't just using it as a profanity. It's not just using it as a curse word. Even that sentence there, curse word. There's a reason why we have, what we call profanity, a curse word. You are invoking the power of a curse on someone. That's where it comes from. You're cursing somebody. You're throwing a curse. If the Bible tells you don't curse anybody, it also says do not take the Lord's name in vain. You are using the power for vanity. You're name dropping. See, in old times, they actually believed that you could call on the name of a god and invoke that power of that god into yourself to channel through you. We see this in examples in history. We have examples of people loving it today. One of the things is they talk about berserkers in Norse culture and in Saxon culture and that sort of thing. They would apparently scream out the name of their god to invoke the power or the sight of that god onto them when they went into battle. They talk about it at the Battle of Hastings Bridge and... 1066, when William the Conqueror conquered England, how there was a or there was a fighter who was a berserker fighting for Harold Hadrada. Or no, is it Harold? Yes, Harold Hadrada against Harold of Hastings, and he stood on the bridge and he screamed out, Odin, and he swung the Dane axe. He was killed by somebody who went under the bridge and stabbed him with a spear. <laughs> Fun, huh? But it terrified them because he was invoking his god. We read this, they're doing that same thing right here. This idea of something has power. We see that idea throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. You've all probably heard about how Aaron made the golden calf. If we haven't got to that point or heard that, well, we need to go back and look at it. But the golden calf is made from earrings and rings and pendants and chains that they all were carrying. And many historians point to the idea and the fact that those came off household idols. The practice was to put an earring or a ring or a bracelet or a chain on the effigy of this household idol. And because it was worn by that for a time period, it absorbed its power, some of its essence. And when you wore it, you gained it. So when you make this God for yourself... You're taking the power of all these little household gods into something new. We also see it in the New Testament, where it talks about one of the apostles was so loved by the people that handkerchiefs that touched him or that he held or pieces of his cloak were held as sacred relics. And they were taken home and they would heal people. Well, it wasn't the object healed them. It was the faith in what was going on. But it got conflated that it was, well, you know, this handkerchief touched Paul so it can heal me of what... No, it's your faith in God 
and who Paul preaches. That's healing. There's a fine line. We've got to find it and make sure you don't cross it. The same is true with gods. As I said, you could invoke the name of a god. You could invoke their power. You were saying, look which god I have focused on me. Look at the power I can wield. This is why they would do it. You know, their priests would invoke their god's name at these big ceremonies. You see it in the, the fight on the Mount Carmel with, with Elijah. And they're screaming out. He's mocking them, saying, maybe he's on the toilet. Maybe he's on vacation. Elijah doesn't have to scream anything. He asks God to intervene. They're not having to do any great deed to get somebody to look. This gentleman here, Simeon, when we look at it, he is thought to be the power of God. Did you catch that? That's what they literally call him. If you go back, they don't understand, or he doesn't understand the power of God, yet he is actually called, if we go back, one second here, in verse 10, everyone from least to greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. God. He was a sorcerer. He was somebody doing magic. He was somebody saying, look at, this, look at the skills I have. Look what I can do. And they said he was the power of God. But when Simeon sees what's actually going on, when he sees the actual power of God, the miracles that are being performed, he starts to believe in God and he wants to follow. He wants to know more. But unfortunately, his heart's twisted by greed. And he says, let me buy that off you. Let me buy that power. See, he wants to use God's name and God's power to vanify him for personal vanity. Remember I said, don't use the Lord's name in vain? It's not just about cursing. It's about making yourself seem better. It's weird how words have double meanings. I love that. But he's saying, don't the Bible says, don't do that. And here's Simon saying, well, no, I'm going to give you this money. You're going to give me that power. I can use it. Think of all the, think of how great people are going to think of me again. And then, no. In fact, when we read the second one that we looked at in Acts there, we see the danger of taking the Lord's name and taking, trying to use the Lord's power without understanding what it is and where it came from. We see the danger of what happens. Seven men go up to a man who's possessed and they say, we command you to come out in the name of Jesus. And the possessed man looks at them, the demons inside speaking, saying, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is. I do not know who you are. And we read on, it says that they were beaten and naked running out of the house. This man put a whooping on them. But I thought the power of God to heal them. You know, people back then believed, and this is one of the things people point to and say, see, look how foolish they were. They thought this name would protect them, but yet this guy was able to do these things to them. Because they didn't hold it in proper reverence or respect. There's a name or respect to it. Words, names have power, have meaning. If you call yourself a Christian, you have to honestly believe this. And I can say, well, what do you mean? Why? Look at the creation story. In no other creation story do we see absolutely nothing become something. In the Greek one, the world is made from the bones of a titan. The Norse one, parts of it are made from, well, 
a giant. And multiple others, it's literally pulled from the ocean. Everything we see. But in ours, it says in the beginning there was nothing and the Lord spoke. Let there be light and there was. There's a reason why God warns you, words have power, words have meaning. Be careful how you use them. Our world literally came into existence by the power of God speaking. What we invoke, what we say, we're supposed to mean. It carries a weight, it carries a meaning. We're not supposed to just use the name of God willy-nilly as we want or in vanity. We're supposed to use it in a sense of reverence. People believe they can use it to verify or verify themselves, make themselves seem better than they were. And the sad thing is, we can laugh and think, well, people back then believed all kinds of weird things, that they could buy their ticket into heaven, or that a rusty old sword was the sword of martyrs, or that piece of wood that somebody found on the beach was a piece of the cross. But we still do it today. We still do this today. We do it with God. We do it with other people. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you know, I met this famous person at this time, and we went and did this, this, and this. Or think about this one. It's not a bad one, but when you go to apply for a job, you tend to use somebody as a reference that's going to make you look good, don't you? Dog agrees. <laughs> See how that works? Even the dog is agreeing with you. This is bad when the animals start to agree with me. Again, he's, he, he's telling me to preach it. All right, I will. But people believe there's power in certain objects. They get something that belonged to a celebrity, and it's, oh, man, look how, how, look, look, look how great this is. It belonged to so-and-so. Okay. What makes it so great? Before I say, well, yeah, that's, uh, they, they didn't do anything as foolish as in the past. People literally bought the backwater of a girl off of Twitch. This isn't a joke. A girl who streamed games and, and all kinds of other weird stuff on Twitch literally sold her bathwater and young men bought it. Because <laughs> they thought it made them closer to her. Or for whatever reason, I don't want to know the reason. I don't want to... Look, I do enough weird things in my life according to people by painting miniatures and, and you know, that sort of stuff. This is weird even by my standards. This is getting creepy. But yet people thought it had power, it had reverence, it had importance, it was something great. This idea of objects having power or words having power over somebody has never changed. We still have this and we still want to take power from things to use for ourselves without ever really understanding it. But when something goes wrong and it's revealed to us for a brief moment, we might actually hold it in reference. Think about it. How many people do you know want nothing to do with God, but the minute something starts to go wrong, they'll say, I pray this works. <laughs> Who are you praying to? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me a name, a list? Who is it? My left shoe? What? It doesn't work that way. Again, he agrees. <laughs> but it's it's these sort of things. Or they sit there and they will use the Lord's name in vain and they will curse somebody up and down. And then they can't figure out why the person is offended and angry. I can give you a hint. You're not going to like it. Or people want to join a group because that group has prestige 
And they want that so they can say, well, I'm a part of this group. Look at what I've got. Great. I'm not saying it's wrong to work towards a goal or work towards a reward. If you're working towards a reward to better yourself or do something like that or help others, great. Great on you. It's good to have goals. It's good to want to work towards something and say, this shows that I've accomplished this. It's when you take that and you twist it, you take away the reverence, you take away the observation of it, you take away all of that and you say, this venerates who I am above everybody else. This makes me better than you. No, you just made yourself known that you are not better than anybody. You are in it for vanity. And sadly, there's a number of people who that's what they want with the Bible. That's what they want with Christianity. There's people who don't even believe in God that will pray to God when things go south and say, hey, pray, but the minute something goes good, they're like, oh, wow, see? Guess I didn't need that prayer after all. How do you know that? And even sadder, there's people who are in the church who call themselves Christian who turn around and literally say, well, I go to the church. I don't need to do anything else. Or, you know, I was raised in the church. I don't need to pick up my Bible. Well, there's people who were raised in the church and they still use the name of the Lord in vain. And they don't seem to see a problem with it. That's foolishness. That's a dangerous thing. That is not an enlightened game to be played. That's like walking up to a bear and smacking it on the rear end and thinking, this is going to go well for me. No! <laughs> it's going to get you a lot of hits on YouTube. But it's not going to go well for you. See, everything that's going on here, and it even says, Simeon was somebody, or Simon, however you want to say his name, I've heard people use both. He followed Philip, but yet he still couldn't get it. He followed, but he didn't engage. He followed, but he didn't read. There's a number of people who still don't understand the power of God. They think that God is just a genie. Because they've never taken the time to listen or read the Word. And I've had people say, well, I've got too much time in my life. There's too many things. I can't just sit down and read the Bible. It's too hard for me. I can't understand the Word of God. Okay, well, no, no, no. You listen to the radio. Turn off Florida Georgia Line. Get an audio book. Do you listen to all these sermons that are having you like a preacher online? Okay, yeah, that's great. Here's something I encourage as many people as I can. I've been doing it lately. I encourage you to do Audible gives you a free trial and you get one free book. And you have that book for the rest of your life. Or until Audible gets shut down and the internet's gone. Because whatever. You never are going to use Audible for anything. But you're one of these people who, doesn't, who wants to know more about the Bible and read more about the Bible. But reading might be hard for you. I get that. It hurts my eyes after a while. I love to read. I love things like that. But it's hard for me to sit still and do a book always. Get your free trial of Audible. Get a Bible off Audible. Delete your account. You still have your account. You don't have to pay anything for it. You have that free book. This is not cheating. They do it anyway. This is your free trial. This is allowed. And then listen to the audio Bible. It stays on your phone, your tablet, wherever it is. And that helps prevent you from doing something foolish. 
or takes the first steps to not do something foolish of not knowing what the word's actually talking about. It helps you from stopping being Simon or Simeon, however you want to say his name. I keep saying that because that's what I was looking up this week. One guy saying Simon, the other guy saying Simeon. I'm like, please make up your minds. I don't know which. Are they the same person? Is it like down here when one guy calls this guy Ogre, the other guy calls him Big Bill, and the other one calls him Fred? Seriously, I have been in conversations with people down here, and they're talking with the same person, but he has nine different nicknames. And they all call him a different nickname, and I'm trying to put Terry, you're back there smiling left. We've experienced this, haven't you? How do you keep the people straight? You, you don't? Big followers are the worst. What? Big followers are the worst. <laughs> I fix stoves down there, and they'll talk with the same person, and there's nine different names for them, and I'm like, so all these people did this? No, it's all the same guy. Why do you all use the same name? Because that's not his name. And they'll get in an argument on which nickname is right. Then ask for see what his real name is. Half and don't know it. I know. <laughs> we won't get into that. This is one of these things that you can sit there and take this and look at. This idea of, well, I'm going to take the Lord's name and I'm going to use it to venerate myself. Don't do that. That's foolishness. Walking with God is not something that you flaunt around to make yourself look better. It's something you do to improve who you are. It's something you do to improve the world around you, but it is not something to grow your ego or make you get a big head. It's something to humble you. I'm going to close with this very simple sentence or statement. If your walk with God makes your head swell and not your heart humble, you are doing it wrong. I'll say it again. If your walk with God makes your head swell, but not your heart humble, or instead of your heart humble, you are doing it wrong. The very last thing that it talks about in that last one we looked at, the last passage, is it says, and the name of Jesus was then held in high regard. People became concerned because they used it, they thought it was just something you could throw out of, just use, whatever. And they tried it, Seven men paid the price. I don't think they probably ever made that mistake again. I think that's one of those things that once bitten, you understand, and let's not do that. But it says others who were doing similar came and repented and gave it up. Walk with God in humble heart. If your head grows big and you walk with God, and not your heart be humble, you're doing it wrong. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day and we thank you for the fact that we have examples straight in the Bible. And we're no different than we were a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago in the regards. In a lot of ways, but we can still learn from it to change that. And God, you've given us examples of how to humble ourselves. You've given us examples of the power of your name. Lord, we're told to call on you when we need you. We're told that you were there with us but we are warned against using it in vanity or pride. God, you are to be our true strength. Not a band-aid solution. Bless us, we pray, as we go about our day, go about our week, as we leave this place. God, watch over us, guide us, keep us in your hands. Not so much safe, but in, our, in your hands. Help us to grow in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm being told that's it, so enjoy your day. <laughs>